welcome back to Invader Sports Soccer Show. We just had some crazy Champions League action, so we had to bring everyone involved in this show on. So we have Ace, we have Adam, we have Luke, and we have Joe. What is up, fellas? Full Hello. board today. The Champions League of podcasts. How are we right. doing? Good, man. There was an insane semifinal. Oh, yeah. It's been an insane Champions League, in my opinion, yes. the whole... Especially the knockout stages, I, I I won't lie. When they announced that they were going to get rid of the away goals, I was really worried. I thought, oh, they're going to ruin it. Um, the only thing I agreed with is that away goals shouldn't have counted at extra time. But I thought getting rid of away goals was going to ruin it. But actually, it looks like it's made both legs more attacking, more goals, and actually given the smaller teams a bit more hope. Yeah, we we would love to see if uh, the trend stands, but it does seem like doing away with the away goal has changed the yeah. way the teams approach the game. It, seemed, it used to be a lot of defense, you know, play for the one, maybe get lucky with a counter-attack, one goal away, but it was very, it used to be a very defensive struggle. This year was pretty much wide open. So we'll yeah. see if the trend stands, but uh, I like it. Yeah. We saw it come into play with the Real Madrid game too. I mean, they would have won anyway, but if Real, if it was still the old rules, Real Madrid would have won the game as soon as it was 2-1. Yeah. Because they had three away goals. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they still end up winning the game. But, but yeah, it's definitely changed how, how people approach games and everything. But uh, how, do, how about we start with the first one? Liverpool gets through. Pretty much everybody had them winning that, right? No one thought there was going to be an upset or anything, right? No. I no think, they, already yeah. had, they already had pulled two upsets with Juventus and Bayern. It would have yeah. been... Yeah, it would have been a miracle to pull a third one, you know, but they gave it a good fight. Yeah, I mean, they pulled even at halftime. Adam, were you nervous? No, no, there was always a percentage of me that was nervous. I was nervous before the game anyway, because you never know with football. But I think you just knew the, the, the squad depth we have, the bench we have, and that Klopp has shown, especially over the last few weeks, thinking back to that City Premier League game where the first half we weren't great. He is a brilliant manager at half-time getting the team in and changing it. And I think as well, I mean, they Liverpool were dreadful in the first half, but I think it's uh, conceding in the first five minutes didn't help. If, if Liverpool had gotten 10 minutes without conceding, then I think we would have just sailed the whole game. But he takes Jota off, which I felt a bit bad for Jota because I don't think he had a terrible game, but he brought Diaz on and Diaz was just an absolute nightmare down that left wing and just opened the game up. I yeah, hate I mean, how good he is. Yeah, no yeah, disrespect brilliant. to Jota. I'm wearing his jersey right now. But like once Diaz came in, I, I had like a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, okay. It's going to be okay now because that guy just creates and creates mm. and creates. Yeah. He is so fun to watch. Oh my goodness. And he allows space for Mane and Salah as well, because it's almost like you have a back four and you have a back four of the other team. And we have three strikers and each, each of our strikers, each of our attackers needs two or three defenders to mark him. But um, yeah, I feel like Jota, if Jota would have been good for that game, if we're having the majority of the ball, we're just putting balls in the box and he'll nick a goal. But I feel like for what we needed to do in that second half. And then we had a second half of absolutely brilliant football. And yeah, it's a third final in five years under Klopp. He's now equaled with um, Ancelotti. Uh, and I can't remember the other 
three managers. Uh, Lippi, Lippi is, is one of them, uh, most Champions League finals. And you'd, you'd think that actually even after this, he'll get to a couple more, so he'll, he'll then have the record for most Champions League finals reached. He probably will. Yeah, it's an amazing achievement. It's a, The quadruple's still on. We're going to come on to City, Real Madrid as well. Um, but yeah, it's a, a, a fun stat that I keep pulling out is that this season, Liverpool haven't played on a Monday night all season in any competition. They haven't been on on a Monday night. The last time Liverpool weren't on on a Monday night, they never played on a Monday night, was in 1981. And in 1981, they beat Real Madrid in Paris for the European Cup. Mm, wow. That's so interesting. That's a, I mean, I don't know who's done that, who's had to go through every week and see if they've been on Monday or not, but someone's done it and, and found that out. Yeah, there's but a stat yeah. for everything, right? Well, let me let me ask Luke and Joe one, did you guys watch that whole game, the Liverpool uh, yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I, I, I agree with what Adam said. I mean, if Filler, if they didn't score early. I think we wouldn't have been talking about them getting that second goal and then it wouldn't have. Because at halftime, I remember I was watching, I went downstairs and then I, I saw Van Dijk and they all looked deflated. And then you look at Klopp and he's just chilled. He's like, yeah, I've got players to bring on. Mm. <laughs> he's sitting back, he's chilled. Um, we're just saying about Klopp and I've sung Klopp's praises over and over again um, in real life and on this show. I think he is just, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. And I think... When you have a great football in mind that can make those kind of changes, bring on players in clutch moments, and also the transfers that he's done as well. I think there's a lot of transfers that he's made that have gone under the radar. And that's when you can compare against a Guardiola and say, right, you've got two elite managers, two completely different managerial styles. But I think Klopp, in my mind, just edges it. What do you think, Luke? Well, Pep hasn't won a Champions League with Man City. He's he's spent a load more money. Mm. You know, and then you talk about recruitment. If it's the thing that gets me with with Klopp's recruitment is um, anyone that he brings in, I don't think once anyone said, "Oh, you know, they just need a season to sell." I think most of them have come in and instantly impacted the team. I mean, I know. I think obviously Van Dyke came in. Oh no, he came in. in was it January he came in? Yeah, yeah. Van Dyke in January. So I was um, going to say Van Dyke came in the summer. No, he came in in January. So everyone, obviously Diaz came in in January and they've just instantly, there's no like, give them a couple months. You know, I've seen sparks here and there. They instantly come in and made a difference. And to me, having them, that is down to the manager because it's creating an environment where they can get on and express themselves and do what they want to do. And I think Klopp's very good at, you know, having the fine line between this is our system, but go out and express yourself as well. Um, well, that's what so he go- said to Diaz. He uh, Diaz so didn't, joined, didn't speak a word of English and he's basically said to him, I've bought you in January. Look, when we get to pre-season in the next few months, then we'll sit down, we'll go through tactics, what I really want from you. But for the next few months while you're here, just go out and enjoy yourself. And you can actually see that yeah. with, with the way he's playing. Um, well, there's actually a uh, Twitter account at the moment. It's like, stop that Louis Diaz. And it's just all the clips <laughs> yeah. of him doing ridiculously cool things. I can't remember the game where um, he kind of backhilled it and landed. Oh, it was a beautiful yeah. touch. But oh, he's, man. Um, he's like a, he reminds me of Luis Suarez, but on the wing. He reminds me of Neymar a little bit. 
for some yeah, reason. But I don't know why. The, the, yeah. the Suarez one is because of the tenacity and the street fighter and the. I mean, when you watch him play, there'll be times where he loses the ball, but it ricochets off two or three players and ends up back with him. What mm. Suarez used to do. But mm. but, but going back I like to what the Neymar comparison, it's 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 pretty accurate without obviously without the falling down and. Uh, yeah Yeah. without the drama of it but going back to what you're saying joe i i think klopp to me pep is a great manager but to me that's the difference is that klopp is able to go in and you know he's gone in and and he's won the the premier league and the champions league on harder circumstances in my opinion he's come in he's had to get get rid of a lot of players that were not good enough and he didn't have as much money to bring in these these transfers and he's bought people that are gone under the radar you know Pep's very much gone after the the Grealish and um I think again with when you look at aside from Fabinho Rodri was like the obvious choice of the next next big number six so he he's gone after the the bigger targets or the more well-known targets and Klopp Van Dijk aside has gone gone after um you know people that are maybe less uh- Less, not less well known, but you know what I'm trying to say. I think um, it's because the the difference between what Klopp and Guardiola can do is Klopp can't. Guardiola can miss. Guardiola can buy a player. Ake we were talking the, about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Joe well, were talking about it. You yeah, can buy Ake for fifty million, and he doesn't work out. But it's fine. Like it's the prime example. Actually, is when Guardiola first come in, they bought Claudio Bravo. Spent a whole season with Bravo, realised actually this isn't the keeper to take us forwards. Yeah, bin him off and sign Edison. Klopp can't do that. Klopp, Klopp buys a player. If that player doesn't work out, that's not a, we can get rid of him and bring in a new one. That's a, well, he's going to have to work because we can't give you another 50 million. Don't get me wrong, Liverpool spent money, but there's not been a player. And you, you know the one you might say is maybe Minamino, but Minamino was bought for 7 million as done a few good things this season in the league and FA Cup and if we do sell him we'll make a profit on him yeah well the, the big difference is that club seems to target the, the kind of player he wants and he has short-term usage for that um, Diaz came in played right away Bandai came in not only played right away but he had a huge impact the moment oh, they got yeah. him from day from game one instantly better where, yep. Where Guardiola buys a Cancelo and Cancelo spends a full year on mm. the bench learning the the process, the the style, whatever whatever it was that he had to do. But for a year, he didn't. He was just a backup, but he he wasn't paid like a backup. He, there they were a couple at the start. They paid a lot of money era. for him. And the same thing this year with Daglish. Is that his name? I'm, I'm not sure. About his pronunciation. Grealish. Grealish. Yeah. Yes. He. He was way overpaid. He's a nice player, probably worth about 50 millions. They paid him what 90, 80, 90, whatever. But I think it, was it doesn't over matter to them. You know, they just collect yeah, players 100. and just put them in there. And when they think they're ready, they he plays him. If they're not quite ready, he doesn't play him. Not everybody has the luxury. And for the team, it's probably not a very good thing to bring somebody in that costs 90 million and he he does okay. You know, a guy that comes in at 90 million has to do better than okay. He's, he has to set the world on fire. And he certainly did not set the world on fire this year for Man City. You know, I, at least that's the way I see it. I think you have, and let, let's not get this wrong, Guardiola is one of the best managers mm. ever. But I think you actually have 
between Klopp and Guardiola, you have a football coach and a football manager. And I think Klopp is the better football manager in terms of Guardiola. If you put him on the training pitch, I he must be incredible. He's tactically and how he sets his team up. And you can see in the way they play, the way Man City players were very methodical. It's like almost watching a doctor perform surgery. Um, you know, there's players know their positions and it's tight, whereas Klopp is that sort of uh, passion. And he is the, you know, Klopp seems to hit every game when he needs to make a change, when he needs to do something. He seems to hit every note. Whereas Guardiola seems to sometimes allow that sort of coach to maybe overthink him. Well, I think also that Guardiola is a, is a great tactician, is, is done well for the game, for the global game. But sometimes I guess he falls in love with his own system. You're up one, you're in. You have 10 minutes left in the game. There is nothing wrong with parking the boss and not give up a goal. Not only they give up one, they give up two goals in the last three minutes. Good teams do not do that. And you have to do anything in your power not to let that happen. If you need to have 11 defensive players all in the area, so be it. You can't, you just can't leave the game wide open like they did and allow two goals in the last two minutes. It just can happen. Good teams do not allow that to happen. I, I actually, and I was speaking to Joe about it yesterday, I actually, to be fair, I, I disagree with that in terms of, I don't think Guardiola can set a team up to park the bus. And he, he, you could you could argue that he tried to yesterday because he took off De Bruyne, he took off Mares, he brought on Gadungan, he brought on Fernandinho, which in my opinion, Fernandinho was a bit of an emotional substitution to make because it's always like he's leaving at the end of the year. 34-year-old defensive midfielder to bring him on in that bigger game. I think Guardiola should have stuck with Mares, possibly stuck with De Bruyne. And, because at the end of the day, with 10 minutes left, Real Madrid had to now throw the kitchen sink at Man City. And that would have just left so much space open. I mean, Grealish had a, a couple of chances, but if you'd yeah. kept Mares and De Bruyne on, Look, they would have won 3 or 4 nil. I don't think they could have parked the bus. I think they tried. I think they, I think last night was watching Manchester City and Guardiola try to close out a game like Mourinho used to do and like people done tonight with Roma. And I don't think they could do that. In my opinion, they were still playing too much of a wide open game with the lead. Uh, the Douglas fought, um, chance was great. If they score there, you know, the guy saves it. Right on the line, if they score there, the game is definitely over. It's 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 good night and, and, and all. But on the next one, he didn't he, he had a bit, very bad angle, but he had lots of space on the left. Go to corner kick, waste some time. It, it's that's what you do when there's like three minutes left in the game, two minutes left in the game. You don't need to try and score from an impassable angle. And and to me, that was a mistake. It's one of those things, right, that makes it so beautiful about football where we could be waking up this morning or coming on this podcast at least and saying, well, Guardiola is a genius because they won the game. It's like everything is amazing in, in not just football, but sport in general, where you can kind of step back and go, well, in hindsight, Guardiola could be an absolute genius taking off a leader and bringing on uh, more um, another player. But well, I think I think I think Guardiola did what he had to do. I mean, it didn't go perfectly for him. I reckon if Grealish 
performed a bit better. I didn't think De Bruyne even had a good game, to be honest with you, but keeping him on the pitch is that value of a leader. Like when we was watching it yesterday, it was like he was missing passes. And then I think there was a through ball that went through and it's like, well, De Bruyne doesn't run like that. I just think City weren't on it. And I think they had a big tactical mistake against Chelsea in the final um, last season. So I think that kind of came back to Haunton. But I think that this final is going to be the nail in the coffin for City now because this could have a massive domino effect onto the league because of the amount of players that will be tired. So we'll see. I'm well, hearing that. Do you guys think that's a possibility? I think that's it's a possibility. It, yeah. One of two ways. They either... Uh, speaking to my dad, he's of the opinion that they turn around and just punish the last four, that whoever they're playing their last four games, Newcastle, Wolves, West Ham and uh, Aston Villa. That's how much I want us to win the league. I know Man City's last four games, they just punish <laughs> them and almost just win the league. Or you've got the other way, it's mentally yeah. draining. I, mean, I think it's quite, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I think it's quite fascinating that City's last games are against all teams that have nothing to play for. So if this is the chance to absolutely go gung-ho and just destroy teams, it will help out my fantasy team because I've got Jesus and Mares. Can I, can I just weigh in here? I, I, do not see, I, do, I do not see it like negatively impacting City season. I think they're smarter than that. Personally, I think it's more. The I think way... if it was if it was a United, sorry, if it was he, if it was a United, if it was a Chelsea, I think potentially, I think you know, City have won so much over the last few years. I think they're stronger mentally than you know, be, crumbling after being knocked out of a semi, um, semi final. It's the way they got knocked out. I think yeah. if they'd if they'd lost if they'd lost you know two nil and it was a goal in the first half, goal in the second half round, your sharp shot, then yeah, but. You, the way they've gone out is is the none of oh, them have cool. ever experienced. Like, don't get me wrong, I feel, I believe they the Guardiola took over. They lost to Monaco in the round quarterfinals. Um, he's his first season. Second season they lose to Liverpool in the semi uh, quarterfinals. Um, third season they lose to Tottenham. That never in, happened in that in that brilliant game. That, brilliant game then the season after um it's it's leon they they lose to then the season after they get to the final and it's chelsea they lose to in a game where guardiola overfought it and now this is the worst five minutes and we've spoken about guardiola and what we think he should have done what he shouldn't have done but at the end of the day when when you're winning with five minutes left guardiola's on the touchline there's nothing those players should also be taking responsibility because <clears throat> they shouldn't allow themselves, you know, five minutes left, they concede one goal. Then why aren't they? The biggest surprise for me is that they played Atletico Madrid the round before uh, last and it looked like Man City were becoming mature in terms of um, becoming an elite European team that knows how to see out games because you had the massive brawl at the end, which wound Atletico up and was a reason they didn't go through. And you thought, why aren't Man City doing that now with five minutes left, with, with, a, with three minutes left? Why aren't they rolling on the floor? Like Real Madrid done in extra but, time. But there was the players no were going down. The Atletico Madrid, they pretty much parked the bus the second half. They didn't, they didn't play a wide-open game. They stayed away from uh, from the all-attacking game that they normally love. They play... They, 
they played a very defensive game against Atletico Madrid. They didn't have the strength to, to break through, and, and, and so City went through. And it is very true that soccer is it's all about the moment. You know, it could change. One thing could change, you know, it's sliding doors. One goal could change your whole lifestyle. But it is also true. The city now is like, well, like you said, it's it's the fifth year now, fourth year. They, they, yeah, they, they get eliminated just by the little bit. They're so close, so close, but it's every year. So close and yes, so far away. So what's missing? Why can't they get over the hump? Let me... Let me throw something out there because it's on this same topic, but it's specifically about Pep. So I saw this stat that someone put out on Twitter the other day. Well, right after they lost, they put it out there. So of Guardiola's 11 Champions League eliminations, eight have seen decisive periods that were sudden collapses or flurries of goals conceded. It started in 2010, allowing two goals in 13 minutes. 2014, three goals in 18 minutes. 2015, three goals in 17 minutes. 2017, two goals in eight minutes. 2018, three goals in 19 minutes. 2019, two in three minutes. 2022, in eight minutes. And 2022, three in six minutes. So how does that happen that many times? So, so I'll tell you what you can put it down to as well, because, you know, sometimes you think maybe the, the and we'll bring it back, I'll say about Klopp one more time, but the, the players feed off the energy of the manager. You look at Conte, they feed off that energy. If you look at yesterday's, game if you put a camera on Ancelotti and Guardiola for the whole game and you even when Real Madrid were losing with five minutes left Ancelotti is very cool very calm he's he, he knows it what can happen whereas Guardiola even when they've throughout the whole game he seems very nervous very itchy and whether that translates onto the pitch who knows could be a chance of perhaps being overcoaching like we saw last night perhaps who knows I can't think of the specific games off the top of my head but you know last night if that was anything to go by then that's it the, the Bayern Munich one was uh, the one of them would have been he, when he was manager of Bayern Munich and uh, they got embarrassed by by Real Madrid because I think uh, Real Madrid have only beaten Guardiola a handful of times and I think one of them was against Bayern Munich but yeah. and I think that time was uh, with Angelotti again yeah, the one time when they got beat badly by Real Madrid. Which well, listen, actually, uh, let's not forget that Ancelotti is, is a heck of a coach. Uh, I was going to say he has. He to wasn't be. up against a, a rookie. That, that guy has won everywhere he's been, except for Juventus. He he spent two years for Juventus and twice finished second. And none of the of us Juventus fans really have fun memories of him. But mm. we have to admit he's a heck of a coach. He's mm. won everything there is to win. Well, he has to be spoken about now as, I mean, even before last night, but, you know, he has got to be up there with one of the greatest managers ever. Oh, yeah. Like you said, he's the only manager. He's the he's only the manager, manager now to won win every in league. Every league. He's five, won, five major leagues. He won every one of them. He's won the Champions League with, with Madrid and Milan. Uh, and uh, did he win it with Bayern Munich? I can't remember, but he done, he done wonders at Bayern Munich as well. Um it didn't work out at Napoli either. I, there were, yeah, it looked like um, they. That was more like, the the team's fault than, it, than yeah. his own fault. Yes, yeah, a very messy club to be managing. Um, they Everton, do very well with um, um, Everton either. That, that was a paycheck. Was a, that was a paycheck move. <laughs> that was a I mean, paycheck. Was, yeah, I think, um, and he he had a good the start of the season. He, he had did. A, 
good start. Um, but yeah, it's just an incredible manager and they're going to be up against Liverpool, but Madrid are just an incredible team. When even, even now that I don't think the whole 11 is brilliant, they just... The Bernabeu is what up there with one of the best stadiums and one of the worst probably to visit as a, as a, an opposing team. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and any any team that's that's successful, it's always a combination. You have to have a good coach and a good team. If one of them is not up to par, you're not going to go far. Uh, a good coach, to me, a good coach is is probably like is a good coach is about fifteen percent worth. A really great coach, probably 20%. But if you don't have the team behind you, there's, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, and you can... Uh, I mean, no no goal, no coach has ever scored a goal. So you, mm-hmm. you need the horses. Well, but also, uh, also you... Go ahead. So yeah. I was just going to say, also you can see that Ancelotti, compared to Guardiola last night, he allows the players to express themselves and, be- and believes in the team. Oh, yeah. As a unit, I mean, there's there's the photos of you know during I can't remember what minute it was, but Ancelotti is talking to to Kroos and I think maybe Modric and discussing you know what changes do you think we can make and getting that opinion you wouldn't get that with Guardiola and whether that's a, an ego thing that you know it's very much Guardiola. He's also very pragmatic. He yeah. sees the situation and he goes with what's best for the situation. Yeah. And it took a lot of guts to take out Modric, who was having a pretty good game. Camavinga. And put in a 19-year-old. What a player wow. he is. He, he has changed every Champions League at PSG, uh, Chelsea, and now uh, yeah. Man City. He, he has come on and he looks like a heck of a player because he's changed the game for for Madrid. He's, he's really, he could be asking for a starting place in that final. Yep. Which I guess brings us on to, you know, we've got Madrid versus Liverpool coming up. It's the the third time they've met in the final. The most any other team have met. Most teams have met in the final. Liverpool won in eighty one. Madrid won in twenty eighteen. So I guess, what what what, what do we Sal- think? Salaberg get the ambulance ready because there's no way he's walking <laughs> away from this one. No. I, I don't think Madrid have, have have got that in their locker anymore. They've, they've gotten anymore. rid of those. Their Ramos is gone. Um, it's quite funny because both Mane and Salah have been very open in saying that they wanted Real Madrid in in that final. They want that yeah. sort of revenge of, of Kiev. Yeah. On it, that note, my, my wife was asking me, I was watching the game and there's like five minutes left. It was like the 85th minute. And I was like, oh, I guess we're playing City. And she was like, what, you want to play Real Madrid? And I was like, I was like, yeah, remember last time Salah got hurt? What was like the 25th minute? It was very early into the game. Yeah, and he got hurt. I mean, I was like, remember he got hurt and he was crying and we lost and now he could get some redemption. I was like, yeah, I want to play them. Plus, I don't want City to even have a chance to win the title. So I would be like super, like overly anxious if that was the case. But I think it'll be a great game. What what did you guys want to say? I wanted i i think there there's probably uh if i was to go back and look at the podcast we've recorded uh when we got to the first stage of the knockout round and i said about who i want in the final it was it's always been madrid um for since kiev they've been the team that you know you sort of i want in the final to get that sort of revenge i figure i figure liverpool would make it to the final but i i underestimated real madrid i don't think they would go that far 
but I'm very glad because I didn't want City to, to get there. I don't like City and the way they operate. So I'm glad mm. that Real Madrid is there. I'm glad Salah sees uh, the game as a revenge, uh, as a revenge factor. I don't think of it like that because the main guy was, um, uh, what's his name? The defender. Was Ramos. Yeah, Ramos. Mm, he's, Ramos. He's gone. So you can only, you know, you can only go so far with the revenge factor. But I think Liverpool is the better team. And I think, I think as far as coaching, that they're about equal. But Liverpool is, is is the better team. If you were to do a, a position by position in, on all 11, I think Liverpool comes out on top. Yeah, I, I think in majority of positions, um, they come out on top. There's, I would probably put Benzema, I'd put Benzema in there. Um, there's an argument for Couture against Allison because yeah, I mean, I, would take Allison. Being... I won't even hesitate to take Allison over that one. But I'd yeah, take ben... Courtois personally. Would I you think. not put Would you not put Modric in Liverpool's starting eleven? I was thinking about that, but it's just it's the age I, thing, right? I don't I could think find he a could... spot for Modric on the, on the Liverpool team. Yeah, I don't think yes, but then I don't know if he's got over the, Thiago. The, I don't think he's got the energy <laughs> to to play the the Klopp system. But but you don't know. If, you don't, he would be an argument. Does he, I don't know. If, this you thing. Could give him the last three minutes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah be, I mean, I would take that now to have Modric <laughs> for the last half an hour. But the thing is, I'm not sure you'd you could get away with having a Modric play and and not be super mobile because if you've got the likes <sighs> of Henderson and um, why can't I think of who else plays Fabinho? Fabinho, you, you know, if you, you could have someone just like Modric that's just pinging balls all over the place, <sighs> and obviously your front three is so dynamic, I think you could get away with it. Um, I the only reason I disagree is because that Liverpool team is that midfield is is the heart of the team and every single player on in that midfield has the workhorse mentality. Mm. I reckon Modric five, six years ago, definitely. Um, but, you know, now, like, that's why even in oh, the yeah. final... I, I, I've been those... making some sweet passes, though. Yeah, yeah, you uh, would. That's why it's going to be a great final because could, I can't could you... wait. Could you imagine though? Could you imagine like a Tony Cruz or a Modric from a couple of years ago in that Liverpool team? Yeah, it, with it, the it, with the balls going all over the place from them. Well, that was the issue in the in that in the 2018 final when we, when we played them. The issue was we allowed them too much time on the ball and allowed them to pick out those passes. The way you stop Madrid is you isolate those midfielders. You don't give them time, and then they just open up between defence and midfield, and That's there'll be so- large gaps. That's so easier said than done, though, especially with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're quite a bit. Also, from what we've seen from this Madrid team is we've seen that at the Bernabeu, they are, there. there is something magical there. But away from the Bernabeu, okay, against Man City, they scored three goals, but uh, uh, other, they've, they've not played that well. They've always had to come back to the Bernabeu. Each game is because they've gone back to the Bernabeu, whereas this is going to be in Paris. Mm. In, a, in, a, in a venue where I I expect Liverpool to outnumber Madrid fans um, as I would have get against mo- most teams. I just um, really hope you do not get... Well, the way it's set up, it, it, it may be tough to really outnumber by a big number because the way it's set up, it's it's tori, tori, tori. So... Uh, they find a way, they find a way. Even when you go back to yeah. the, the final against Spurs, it still seems... 
I don't know. They are, maybe I'm being biased because I just listen out to Liverpool fans. But Real Madrid is a lot of fans. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be. A, it's 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 a sexier game than Man City Liverpool. Yeah, I oh, can't. Yeah, I can't wait for this game. Honestly, like when I think a few podcasts back, well, before the round of sixteen, um, I said City, and then I backtracked and said Real Madrid because I had a feeling that this season, out of a lot of seasons in the in the past, they've had something really special going on. And I think Ancelotti is, <laughs> we've we just spoke about it recently, but he's a tactical genius. I, I went on the podcast as well, this is something I've been wrong on, where I said about Vinicius, where I watched him in some of those previous Champions League games, but watching him at the Bernabeu, he's a completely different player. He drops the shoulder, he's got that name RS. Um, skills about him. I can't wait for the final. I've, I've wanted Real Madrid since the beginning, and I think they're going to do it. Benzema versus Van Dijk will be good as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, the 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 one thing I give us though is that just I just don't think their defense is good enough to deal with our front three and and subs. If I think if, if you had Alaba instead of Nacho, I could possibly make an even, argument. Even, but even, even then, I don't no, think even then it's because, that powerful. Even then, because how many goals have they conceded against PSG, Chelsea, and and City? A lot, exactly. Um, exactly. And the 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 the, the, the <coughs> difference we've got that we didn't have in in Kiev is, I remember watching that game and and we were two one two one down. And we had no one to come off to come off the bench and change it. But now, you know, I I reckon it's going to be a Salamane. I'd start Salam. I think it'll be Salamane for me now, um, just because he he Klopp trusts for me now in big games. Um, Diaz Diaz off the bench. And yeah, Diaz I, and, that's what I would do. Yeah, and so, then yeah. Diaz jar off the bench because because the thing is, uh, Bobby set set will set if he's fit. Um, because he's injured at the moment. Um, Bobby will set the tempo. I know of... Diaz is playing awful well. It's going to be tough to bench him. He's he's been yeah. on fire lately. No, but coming I off the bench. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be way better to have him ready to come off yeah. the bench than getting to. I mean, I don't think it's bad bringing Firmino on, for example, in sixty or seventy minute. But he doesn't have the raw speed, and I think the quick fit, like he's it's completely different in terms of the tempo that they can bring. And I, I would be more fearful as a Madrid defender seeing Diaz come on in the 60th minute than Firmino. But then saying that, I think Firmino has been good coming off the bench. I can't think of the specific yeah. games, but there were a few Premier League games where he come off the bench and got a goal assist and yeah. whatnot. So I, I'm I'm not saying that Firmino would be back. No, no, I'm no. just saying out of the two, if, yeah. if, I'm, uh, if I'm a Madrid defender... Who would I rather see coming off the bench in the 60th minute? It probably it's, would be Firmino. Yeah, it's it's different styles because yeah, if Diaz comes on, you just know you're going to have this player who's going to be running. Minutes, 60 minutes is going to be running through, like running directly at you. But I think Firmino starts because he, like I said, he he sets the tempo of the press. He he'll he'll uh, have that aggressive um, sort of high tempo about him. But I think that's what again. I keep shouting the praises of Klopp because why wouldn't you? But that's what just sets Klopp aside because whoever does start on the bench, it's the man management to, to handle that because, I mean, it must have been hard for Jota to come off at half-time. No one wants to do that in a Champions League semi-final. And yeah. at the end of the game, it, Klopp was talking to him uh, on the pitch and sort of explaining it and stuff. And you think, yeah, this is a man that I think you you run through brick walls for he tells you you've got to come off 
you you come off you understand it well let me ask you this adam who starts next to Virgil van Dyke as the second center back? Because Kanate, um, he's been, Matic. even though Kanate started most Champions League games, yeah, but he's he's done that because um, he's he, he's resting Matic for the league, okay. But I think I think after we we play Wolves on the Sunday, uh, Wolves the last game, I think maybe Wolves, no, I, I can't remember who our last game is, which is crazy because I remember who I remember whose last game is, I think it's Wolves. So, uh, uh, so we play Wolves on the Sunday, Champions League on the Saturday. So Matip is at the moment the better defender, but Kanate is also a brick wall. It just shows our squad depth. Kanate is so young too. Yeah. He's very young. Um, okay. Uh, before we wrap it up here, let's get some uh, predictions for this final, shall we? So let's go around the board here. Ace, what do you got? You want to do a score? Liverpool. Okay, I was going to say, everybody pick a score prediction, too. So you say 3-1 Liverpool, who scores? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. All right, Just say one ones? person. All right, Salah's definitely going to go one. Okay. Uh, go Diaz and uh, Mane. And Benzema okay. for, for Madrid. Luke? Uh, just because I really, of all the things, do not want to see Liverpool win. I'm going to say 2-1 Madrid. I'm going to say Benzema with a brace and a goal to, I'm going to say a goal to Bobby. This one oh, I'm going okay. to go with. Joe? Um, God, I'm going to go a bit weird. Okay, 2-1 Real Madrid. I think Ooh, Liverpool, weird. no, but I'm saying the players. I think Casemiro will get a goal. <laughs> and then Benzema. And then for Ooh. Liverpool, I have no idea. Virgil van Dijk header. Very weird, Joe. Very, very weird. No, because Casemiro scored in, I think, the final or one of the semifinals in previous years. Just got it in my mind. Just a ping from outside the box. So, yeah, Casemiro, Benzema and van Dijk. Okay. 4-0 Liverpool. (laughs) Okay. Who scores? 4-0. Salah gets one. Mane gets one. I want what you're smoking. I'll tell you what, Salah gets Salah gets two, Mane gets one. Look, and, if it happens. And Trent gets one. Um, I just think if, like I said, Real Madrid have li- relied on two legs, the second leg going to the Bernabeu. If we play, also one other point is Real Madrid are, Real Madrid have won the league. They are now on the beach until the Champions League final. We have got, four Premier League massive games and FA Cup final it's yeah. a good it, it's yeah, a good Liverpool thing Liverpool is to stay sharp Real Madrid yeah. is already on vacation because if you remember the, the Tottenham Liverpool final one of the worst finals in history there was a there was a two week break between both teams playing but the rhythm but is the important. opposite can also be true they could be tired they could get to the final game very tired or too mm-hmm. nervous they nervous no nervous no because it's an experienced team um tired yes but also at the same time i just think we're gonna have the rhythm is going to be important um rather than having a break and then trying to real madrid haven't got any intensity now their last few league games are not going to be intense so real madrid aren't gonna but they're gonna be watching injuries too yeah, they will not. Right. They, will, they will be healthy and rested. Yeah, right. but from Here's... from experience, for one more from experience from Liverpool. When you look at international breaks, 
when when Liverpool never perform well after an international break. And that is my my thinking that Liverpool are a more dangerous animal when it's every three or four days they've got to go. Mm. So I just think if we're at our best, I just think we do blow them away because we are much better than them. And well, I hope you're right. I hope it's 4-0 and I get to relax. But I think it's going to be a back-and-forth crazy game. I'm going 3-2, and I'm going to predict the exact order of events. Salah gets the first goal, and then Benzema scores two in a row, so he gets a brace. They're up 2-1. Around the 70th minute, Mane gets one. And then in the 91st minute, Diaz gets one to win the t- win the Champions League title. When you That's said D, I thought you can say Origi. Origi. <laughs> you know what? I should have said Origi. Yeah, give give me nil nil with a last minute goal from Divock Origi, and uh, I'll, I'll be Watch, running around the streets too. of Liverpool naked celebrating. Well, you do that so anyway. We have three Liverpool in. He's, two done, he's doing it now. Yeah. So we got a lot yeah. of fun. To come, we still got an FA Cup final to talk about, so we'll get to that next week uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool, a rematch of the Carabao Cup, essentially. And next week, we're all get, we're also going to talk about Series A. Is that how you say it? Serie A. Yeah, yeah Serie A. Serie A. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Mourinho. Have... Yeah, shout out to Mourinho. First and first manager to get the Champions League, Europa League, and Europa League Conference final. Yeah, good for him. And something to look forward to, if you want to subscribe to Innovators on YouTube, we're going to be putting out clips of this show on YouTube. And next week, we're going to do our top five favorite goals of the past five years. So all of us here are all going to pick a goal, and that's going to be exclusively for YouTube. So check that out. But everybody have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you.